0: Greetings in the Lord Jesus. It's good to be back again, good to be back into our part of the world. We were in Guatemala for the better part of two weeks. The the first week was fairly heavy duty board meetings and meetings with bishops and meetings with missionaries and meetings with workers. And after a relaxing weekend, we. had a relaxing week with uh, six hours a day in Spanish school. Somewhat relaxing. Okay. Uh, we took our granddaughter along. She's used to six hours a day. Six hours a day of school. We aren't. But anyway. All right. Turn with me to Romans chapter 15. We'll start there because I'm taking my title from there. Romans 15. The title is Able to Admonish, Able to Admonish. And it comes from uh, Romans 15, 14. Where Paul says this, and I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Nevertheless, brethren, I've written the more boldly to, unto you in some sort that's putting you in mind because of the grace that is given to me of God." So, to me, putting those two verses together, it looks like Paul is saying, uh, I wrote to you to, uh, to help you along with some things you needed, even though I am persuaded that you all know how to admonish each other. Also, well, I want to talk about admonishing one another this morning. This word admonish here means to put in mind, to warn, to exhort, admonish, words like that. Here are some other places that's used in the New Testament. I'll just read them to you. Colossians 316, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs or 1 Corinthians 10, 11, which if you follow the devotions, I think was one of the readings this past week in 1 Corinthians 10, those Old Testament things, it says are written for our admonition, our warning. It's the same basic idea as that word instruction or chastisement back in Proverbs. And we'll look at a couple of them after a while. It's the idea of exhorting, maybe a little stronger with a, a hint of warning and a hint of uh, maybe even reproof. Acts twenty thirty one, Paul says, I ceased not to warn every one of you night and day with tears to admonish you. First Corinthians 4, 14, I write not these things to shame you, but as my beloved sons, I warn you. Same word, admonish. All right, so the first question asked by man was, am I my brother's keeper? how would you answer? Well, yes, we are our brother's keeper. And by the way, I'm going to use brother and he and him a lot this morning. It applies to sisters and she and her too. So, but I'm not going to try to say both of them every time or even any time after this probably. We are our brother or sister's keeper. And so sometimes we might need to admonish one another. We are responsible to be members one of another. That includes one anothering, uh, probably at some point, you studied one anothering on Wednesday evening, many years ago, that book by Simon Schrock, which lists a lot of the one anotherings passages in the New Testament, which able to admonish one another is only one of them. Here they are, if you wanna hear them, or even if you don't. Love one another, exhort one another, be kind, forgive, Greet, speak not evil of, encourage, grudge not, edify, prefer, confess to, care for, forbear, receive, consider, comfort, use hospitality toward. We are members one of another. You want to relate it to the Sunday school lesson? You are a disciple of Jesus Christ. Those were all commands. Unbelief is not fulfilling those commands, not taking them seriously enough to obey them. Then you are in unbelief. And take heed, brethren, because when we don't obey, we're in unbelief. Am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. We are responsible for our brothers, our sisters. We need to. We want to seek each other's good. And by the way, if I. Act like I'm struggling for a word or have to look at my notes extra much this morning sorry about that oh, we spent 27 hours getting home got home at 8:30 last evening and uh, I think we're suffering from sleep deprivation among other things so anyway <laughs> uh, so my, my brain isn't working quite as good as it ought to okay We do seek our brother's good and admonishing him is part of doing that sometimes, that's the purpose. We all know what Matthew 18 says, moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, if he does something against you that hurts you or whatever, go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. And if if he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. That's the New Testament way of doing it. That's Jesus' way of doing it. That's the way he said do it. Well, we all know it's easier to get offended, to get bitter, to go talk to someone else about it, to go to the preacher about it, to ask somebody else to talk to him for us or any number of other things, anything but to do what Jesus said do. And why is that? Uh, Maybe it's a lack of love. Maybe it's because the enemy just makes it seem harder than it is. Maybe it's because we're afraid of the response we're going to get. Fear, in other words, but perfect love casts out fear. But we are disciples of Jesus Christ. This is the way he said to do it. And the principle here isn't just someone sins against you, you go talk to them. The principle is when there's a problem, deal with it at the the lowest possible level between brother and brother, the, the least involved possible level. Don't take it to the preacher, just go to your brother and settle it. That's the principle and it applies in a lot of things. Second Thessalonians three, Paul says this, if any man obey not our word by this epistle, note that man and have no company with him that he may be ashamed. Yet. Count him not as an enemy, but admonish him as a brother. Have no company with it. At the very least, it means don't join him in what he's doing. Rather, admonish him. Go talk to him. Let's go to Galatians chapter 6. want to look at these verses, verses 1 to 5. And then we're going to look at some practical things. Well, it's all practical, but Galatians chapter 6, 1 through 5. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. But let every man prove his own work; then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden." All right, so verse one, anyone's overtaken in a fault, a sin. Uh, I think the literal idea is a, a side slip, Not necessarily a, a willful sin. It, this word is translated a fall or a fault or an offense, a sin or a trespass. You which are spiritual. So which ones are those? The leaders? Well, we sure hope so. (laughs) But it should be all of us who are led by the spirit. Any of us who are led by the spirit, who are not living by the flesh, but by the spirit. The fact that it's here does imply that some are more ready or more able than others to restore a brother or sister. Okay, restore such and one. Restore means to repair, they used it of repairing nets, I think in the New Testament, to fit or outfit, to equip fully. Uh, And outside the New Testament, it was used of setting bones. You restore such a one. Do it in the spirit of meekness. And I think the next phrase enlarges on that, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. You can fall too. You can even fall by doing it the wrong way. And we'll talk some more about that. You can't go with a, an attitude. You can't go with the attitude of superiority. Rather, consider your own motives. You too, I too am prone to fall. We have to do it with gentleness, with love. Carefulness, considering yourself. Probably more than considering him, by the way. Maybe considering yourself because such things do cause pain. If you have to go talk to a brother about a problem in his life, it's not easy for him. It ought not be easy for you. Verse 2 Bear ye one another's burdens, carry them along. Help him with his overburdens. That's what the word here means, actually. The part that's weighing them down, that they're ready to collapse under, you get in there and help. You love your brother or sister, you see him struggling along, heading down the wrong road, get involved. Make his burdens your burden. Take some responsibility to help him. And and this applies not just if you think he's heading the wrong way, just when you know he has a burden. Uh, a good example happened a few Sundays ago at uh, Raleigh Springs, soon after Eva's mother died, and we had communion, and uh, uh, she wasn't singing most of the songs that time. Sorry, bad example make her cry again. Okay, <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, because, well, sometimes you just can't sing without crying, okay? But uh, there was a song I wanted to sing, sort of I knew it was dangerous, but I picked it, and and, and it was just too much for her, and she got up and walked out because <clears throat> she was afraid she was gonna start sobbing. She went down to the basement, and half a minute later, three other sisters were there with her to make sure she was okay. They were helping bear her burden. We need to do that in the brotherhood. We help each other. Well, here it, it's more the idea of someone is fallen or tripping or whatever. We're there to help. Verse three, man thinks himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. I think this is probably harking back to verse one, considering thyself, think about yourself. You know, my brother's sin, I'm spiritual, I need to go straighten him out. Well, you're deceived, okay? If that's the way you're thinking. That's a sign of spiritual deception. He deceiveth himself. Actually, I am nothing. You look at that verse, that's the idea. I'm not important. What's important is that my brother get this taken care of, that, that he and I together come out at the right place with the right attitudes in a way that honors the Lord. We're brothers. We're sisters. We, in honor, prefer one another. We, there's no way for us to, to be able to look down on someone else and think I'm better, I can help him because I'm more spiritual or whatever. No, you go as a servant, you go as a brother. Verse four continues in the the same thought, prove or test yourself. Generally what happens, too often what happens, okay, is, is if our brother has sinned against us in some way, we get all bit out of shape, and we think we've got to straighten him out. And he's all wrong, and it's all his fault. And we've got, to, and, and we get an attitude, and it just causes problems. But here, Paul says, "Prove yourself. Carefully scrutinize, test, examine your own life and your own motives." Yes, we do it all the time, but especially. If we're thinking of going and talking to some brother about some perceived problem that he has, uh, especially do we need to do it ourselves first. And that's not our tendency. Don't be going around looking at others to prove or test their lives. Make sure your life is what it should be. Don't compare yourself to others. Focus on becoming like the Lord Jesus, and then you'll have something to rejoice in. Then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone <laughs> and not in another. And it seems to me the idea is rejoicing and look at the other fellow's problems and gloating over him. But anyway, I need to have my attitudes, my heart in the right place before I'm ready to go talk to someone else. And so, verse 5, every one of us should be concentrating on our own load, our own burden. And the word here is regular burdens. Uh, The one in verse uh, 2 is overburdened. You help him. Well, okay, so part of your regular burden is helping others with their overburdens. That's part of your job. (laughs) But each one of us should concentrate on our own responsibilities carrying them out so that others don't have to come and help us with ours but by the way don't forget that it will happen it will in some form or other you need your brother <laughs> your sister and sometime or other they're going to help you and it's a good thing it's the church is designed that way One thing I noticed about verse five I hadn't noticed before, every man shall bear his own burden. It's actually future tense. And I just assumed it meant every man has to bear his own burden, but he shall bear it. And so to me that points forward a little bit to uh, what happens if we don't do our part. We will answer for not bearing our burden. All right, so let's talk about admonishing someone maybe we feel someone has sinned against us. Or, okay, I like what the rules and discipline says. I don't have the exact wording in my mind. I have a phrase here. It says, if more than Christian forbearance is required, you may need to go and speak to your brother after the pattern of Matthew 18 if more than Christian forbearance is required. How much does Christian forbearance cover? How much can it cover? Peter says, love covereth all things. Hmm. okay. 90% of the stuff, I don't know, I'm guessing, <laughs> that we let get us bent out of shape probably could be covered by Christian forbearance. If I would just let it. That's maybe a little high, who knows? There's no way of knowing that. So there are are different levels of admonishing. There's the level where a brother sins against you and and you may need to go talk to him and it may eventually come to the church. Uh, It could be a concern. I heard someone said this about you, is that true? Nothing nothing wrong with that. In fact, it's a good idea to go ask them. Because just because you heard it and somebody said it doesn't mean it is true, and you know, you can stop that rumor. Or I noticed you missed a number of Sundays recently, is everything okay? Oh, even church standards, there's a place for admonition. And it doesn't have to be the preacher or the deacon or the bishop that does it. Or maybe it's just something about a, someone's life, a practice that seems dangerous, and you, maybe you should go to them and say, brother, I wonder if you've considered whatever. All right. So a brother or sister sins, who's responsible to admonish? You, which are spiritual. You, you who know it, you who have the Holy Spirit, any member in the body should be able to admonish. If you know about it, you should be the one to go. Why involve anyone else? That's the Matthew 18 principle. Take care of it on the least involved level. You which are spiritual, that word spiritual, also give some idea of, of the spirit in which it's to be done by the, by the Holy Spirit, by the power of the Spirit and the methods of the Holy Spirit. Just as these verses two to five here talk about. Seek God's direction through the Spirit. That means you pray about it. Look at it through the Spirit's way of looking at it. Look at it through the eyes of love. Uh, we know 1 Corinthians 13. Is love my motivation for going? Am I being overcritical? Pretty easy to be overcritical, especially if it's me that was hurt. Uh, okay, love seeks not her own. Am I self seeking in any way going to this person? Love is not easily provoked. Am I angry because they did me wrong? I can't go if I am. I mean, I need to fix that first. Thinketh no evil. Am I imagining things? Have I put the worst construction on what I saw when I'm supposed to think the best and put the best construction on it? Am I keeping track of wrongs? I think is partly the idea in that phrase. Am I constructing a case on something I thought I once knew about this person? And That's pretty easy to do just because that person tends to do that doesn't mean that this time he did that. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, rejoiceth in the truth. Am I seeking for the truth to be done, not rejoicing, relishing the idea to take somebody down a notch or whatever? Beareth all things, believeth all things, hopes all things. Am I bearing, forbearing as I ought to be? not overreacting? Am I hoping, hope with all things, am I hoping I'm wrong? Am I hoping that it's all misunderstanding that there's a good explanation? Am I sincerely hoping and praying for a good response and clearing it up even if it turns out that I was just wrong about what I understood? And numerous times it will probably turn out that way. I just thought I knew something, and it turns out there's lots I didn't know. All right, some practical things. Practice Matthew 18, 21 to 35 first. We talk about the Matthew 18 way, and we usually talk about verses 15 to 17, but a lot bigger part of that chapter is about forgiveness. And if you have not forgiven, you are not ready to go talk to that brother or sister. So deal with your own heart first. Uh, the Matthew 18 way is the way of forgiveness. And by the way, if you've been faithfully uh, one anothering each other, it makes it a lot simpler to do what you need to do because you already know you care. Your brother already knows you care about him and like him even. So search yourself, make sure your own attitudes are right. Let love be the motivation. Let love subdue you. Meekness. Do it in meekness. Gentleness, understanding. I've fallen too. And I've had to have, I've have, have had to have had. This is like studying Spanish, trying to get the right verb conjugation. Anyway, I have had to have had brethren come, anyway, brethren come to me before about things, and they were right when I was wrong. Express appreciation and love somewhere in the conversation. Perhaps not right at first. It sounds like you're buttering them up. I knew a brother once who uh, faithfully, uh, when he gave me... uh, words of appreciation, I began to wonder what's coming. Uh, Anyway, which was okay. I appreciated him anyway, but uh, shouldn't be the only time you appreciate somebody, by the way. But still, make sure the brother knows you love him and care about him and it's not all criticism. He should know from past experience that you feel brotherly toward him. It should not be easy for you to do. If it's easy for you to do, pray about it some more until it gets hard. It shouldn't be easy for you to hurt someone and it's gonna hurt. It just does. More often, I mean it never feels good to have someone come with a concern or that kind of question. practice the golden rule. Do you like to be hurt? I don't. Well, once in a while you run across a person who says he likes for you to be just as blunt as possible, and I guess there are people like that, but uh, usually, usually I'd probably prefer that they not be the ones to come to me. But anyway, okay, don't accuse. Even if you saw it with your very own eyes, don't accuse. You could say what you saw or what you thought you saw. Is it possible to see something with your own eyes and still be wrong about what you saw? It is, it really is. So be careful. (laughs) There are always two sides to every story and probably more and you need to make it plain that you understand that maybe you saw it wrong, that there is something you don't understand, there are mitigating factors, aspects and details that you don't know that make everything quite different than what you think. You'll find that that's often true. In fact, uh, until you, or when you hear this other side of most any story, it's almost, it almost always changes what you're thinking. We can, it's not uncommon for somebody to come and, 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 and tell us how terribly someone treated us or did this and this and this and this. And this and, oh, that sounds awful. But if you actually go talk to the other person and hear their side, it's going to sound different. It is. <laughs> and not always can you tell exactly where the truth is, but probably somewhere in between. And sometimes you never can figure that out. And so we we ought to recognize that. Remember that generally, what people do makes perfect sense to them. The things that they do made perfect sense to them at the time. And so uh, it may have looked stupid to you, (laughs) may have looked wrong, it may have been for that matter, but anyway, they, When they did it, it made good sense. Okay, once in a while, obviously not. That's not even true. People just do stupid stuff, and they mean to. But a lot of those, generally, if we're doing, trying to be responsible, what we do, it makes sense to us. And that's gonna be true of someone you go to with a concern also. So don't accuse. That was kind of all under that point. Be willing to listen, go and be willing to listen. If you're to bear his burden, you need to understand to hear him out. If you don't hear him out, he's going to think you don't really care. And what's more, he will be right. Because you don't really care because you didn't hear him out. Remember verse three here. You are nothing. You're not important. It's not you that are important. <laughs> You're only his servant. You're here to serve him, to help bear his burden. Go to restore. Be as kind as possible, but don't skirt the issue. If there's an issue that needs to be taken care of, well, help him take care of it. If it requires some action on his part, well, that's going to be difficult, offer to go with him and help him whatever you can to help him bear his burden don't quench a smoking flax or break a bruised reed don't go stomp on him don't go offend him go to strengthen Determine not to offend him or to keep him from doing what's right by the way you go about it you are responsible in this too not just him And that is part of your regular burden. I said that already to help him bear his overburden. Don't insist on an immediate response or clearing. And don't insist that you know what that immediate response or clearing ought to be. You don't always. How how often have you had to have some time for something to seek in, sink into you that you've been wrong and needed to do something about it. Well, maybe you don't, Maybe that never happens to you, but it does to me. And I remember calling a brother up after five years or more since I'm a bishop, by the way, <laughs> and apologizing for something that I'd done in the past that. Over the over the years, I thought it was once in a while and I niggled at my mind a little. And I got to thinking more seriously. I just decided, you know, I'm going to talk to him. So I did. Didn't really apply that to the bishop role, by the way. It was a personal relationship thing. <clears throat> you may need to be satisfied with less of a response than you wished you could have gotten. So generally don't make demands. Don't say you must do this or you must do that. Don't be a bulldog. It doesn't have to go the way you think it needs to go. You can be wrong. Don't forget, I can too. God can fix it some other way than you think it has to be fixed. Do You believe that? And yeah, I can, I won't give examples. All right, we'll stop. Sometimes we just think, I saw it myself. I know what it needs to happen. It's got to be done just like I think it does. No, not necessarily. Sometimes there are things that must be done certain ways. Don't, Don't get me wrong. But in general, we probably will need to be satisfied with their response if it If it was a real sin issue and uh, you need to go back with another brother and follow through, sure. But often that's not really what I'm talking about anyway. Often it's not a real clear cut thing and to his own master, he will stand or he will fall. Not to you. Go to gain your brother, this brother that you love. Tread softly, be careful. Follow the golden rule. I'm sure you could add more. Now let's look at the other side. Receiving admonition. need to turn to Proverbs 3 and look at a verse or two there. These are familiar verses, I know, but the Proverbs 3, 11 and 12, my son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loves, he corrects, even as a father, the son in whom he delighteth. That word chasteneth there is one that appears often in Proverbs, 30 times I think it is. Here it's translated chastening. Don't despise the chastening of the Lord. Most of the time, it's uh, translated instruction and one-time correction. Here, listen to a few of these. Proverbs 8:33. Hear instruction and be wise, and refuse it not. Refusing instruction is the mark of a fool. 10:17. He is in the way of life that keepeth instruction, but he that refuseth. <laughs> Heiress. These tell us how to receive instruction. Okay, how to receive someone who comes to us. 1318, poverty and shame shall be to him that refuses instruction, but he that regards reproof shall be honored. 1510, correction, there's the correction one. Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way. He that hateth reproof shall die. 1532, he that refuseth instruction despises his own soul, but he that hears reproof gets understanding. 1920, hear counsel and receive instruction, that thou mayest be wise in thy latter end. And so, as Christians, we say for me to live is Christ. I want to grow. I want to know the Lord's will. I want to be in his way. And so I want to hear what my brother has to say to me. I don't want to be like those people in Zechariah that he described, God described them, and then pulled away the shoulder. The picture I get is a teenager whose father is trying to give him some gentle correction or instruction to put his hand on his shoulder and he yanks it away. Don't be like that. We cannot respond to attempts to help us that way. That's rebellion. So, how should we respond when someone comes to us with a concern, accusation, whatever? Well, yeah, I I know what happens first in me. At first, there's this tensing up a little bit, and and some determinations that I've made already and I think we should do that. Make some determinations now about how we're going to respond to that kind of thing when it happens. I didn't say if, okay? We are Christians, we are part of a brotherhood. We are not perfect. That's bound to happen sooner or later that someone will maybe just even criticize us. That could apply here too. But I know what it feels like when I know someone's coming to me with a concern or a criticism. I kind of have to, okay, Lord, help me here. I want to respond in a way that honors you. And I make some determinations that I will do that. And I do that. I've done that long ago and continue to do that. (laughs) So determined to profit from it. Probably our first... Inclination is let's get this over as quick as possible, but that's not always the best. Determine not to react in un like ways. Determine to love the brother who comes anyway, no matter how he comes, by the way. <laughs> Determine not to get angry. Determine not to uh, respond in a way that shows you're upset. be easy to be entreated and to me that means he should know that he can come to you without being afraid that you're going to bite his head off or react in some other ungodly way determined not to be nitpicky or sorry determined not to think that he's just being nitpicky or unfair it's possible you may be, okay, but uh, that don't start there. Don't go down that path. Listen. All right. Listen. Really? Listen. Try to understand what he's saying. Ask questions to clarify if need be and then apply his concern in any way you can to yourself. And sometimes it it won't sink in right away. You'll think he's wrong, but promise to give it serious consideration anyway. And especially if the brother or person who comes is accusatory and well, just nasty, you may not be in any shape to form a good answer. (laughs) Right then, anyway. But make it plain, even then, that you won't ignore the concern. You'll give it thought. Don't be defensive. And Brother Lyndon Rhodes said many years ago, and he's not first, I'm sure, but I remember him saying it. If you're wrong, you shouldn't be defensive. If you're right, you don't need to be. Okay, so sometimes there is an explanation that, will or should from your point of view clear up the matter and it's okay to give that but don't be defensive don't well anyway and even if you do have a an explanation that from your point of view ought to clear it up don't forget and may still have some validity and you need to consider it be open to considering it We are responsible, at least in part, for how people view us. If 10 people in the congregation view me as overbearing and, and whatever, I need to consider that. I don't think I am. They're wrong. I'm pretty sure. Well, but why do they see me that way? I need to consider that. And if this brother comes to you and sees you in this way, you need to consider it. At least consider it. Even if you're convinced. We're still at least, at least partially responsible for how people perceive us. Now, it's true, there are people that are gonna be critical, no matter what you do, if that happens, we know, but, or I guess we do, I don't know if you do or not, but I do. Okay, don't strike back. His faults have nothing to do with this conversation. He's here to talk to you about yours, focus on them. He's got something to, he may even be doing this all wrong, you might think, the way he's coming, but that doesn't matter. What we're dealing with is my fault. I claim to be a Christian, he's trying to help me. I should let him help me, unpleasant as it might be. Whether he does it right or not is actually beside the point. You, Consider your own self, you. Let God deal with him. Thank him for coming, even if he doesn't do it very nicely. Show your love and appreciation for his care, his concern. You can thank him for coming to you because, hey, that's better than it be to go into someone else, Right? Isn't that what we always say? (laughs) Why didn't he come to me? Well, here he is, thank him for coming. And he thinks he's trying to help you. Recognize that. And very likely you can learn something from him even if he does it all wrong even if you think he's 99% wrong or whatever very likely well, there is something here you can learn Okay, you can, if nothing else learn how not to do it but probably there will be more than that it, it's been rare that anybody ever came to me with a clearing that I could say I'm 100% free of that because I'm not perfect and I suspect most of you aren't either And especially if he comes in the right spirit and does a good job of it, thank him. Build that relationship, build the church. So bless him and edify him in return. So if there is a problem, if if what he says to you is right and or partially right, deal with it immediately if possible. If you realize he's right and you are in some way at fault and sometimes it's not exactly okay, uh, because you realize, still, he saw something, and okay, confess it. And yes, it may not be nearly as bad as what he thinks it is. <laughs> Brother John Rister said, "Well, sometimes you just have to get your gulper going and go confess it anyway." Well, I won't confess to something I don't, I, I can't believe I was wrong in, but I, I will confess at least for the part I was wrong in. I won't be dishonest in it. Let him know you'll do what's necessary to clear it out. Well, what do you do if you feel his concern is just completely unfounded? Well, first don't feel that way. It kind of shuts the door for listening to him. But initially at least don't feel that way. He felt strongly enough to come you owe, you owe it to him to give the matter your consideration. Pray about it. The Lord may be using him to speak to you. The Lord is using him to teach you at least. Here's an opportunity to build brotherhood. It's not the kind we look for maybe, but uh, still that's what it is. Perhaps you think it's just a difference of opinion or a practice. Well, consider it anyway. Maybe a change is in order for conscience sake. Conscience, I say, not of that own, but of the other. Interesting passage. The method of the attitude of the messenger doesn't matter. Hear the message. All right, that's about the end of my list. Just a couple of things I want to emphasize right at the end here. Do it. Use the Matthew 18 way. And no, I'm not necessarily saying that we ought to just always be going to each other, accusing each other of sin or whatever, but take care of it on the lowest, lowest, least involved level, brother to brother. Take care of it before it gets big. And the second thing I'm going to say, it ought to be, we ought to be doing it all the time anyway, but in ways that, that isn't such a big deal. It's not that, oh, I'm going to exercise Matthew 18 on this brother today. No. <laughs> uh, you, there's something that niggles in your mind and makes a little concern, but just deal with it, brother to brother, and ask about it. And the, lot, the, the bigger one then may never come along, or at least on that point. So, uh, actually, those are the two points. (laughs) Do it. But don't make it such a big thing. This is part of brotherhood. Just be brotherly. So I'll just conclude again with a couple verses. And I myself am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness, filled with knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another. Let's have a song.